Hi guys, welcome back to Wildest Cricket Stories, a podcast series where we're covering conservation, photography, and wildlife stories. I'm Craig. And I'm Carolina. And today, we've got a quite an exciting episode that we, we actually just stumbled upon yesterday, and we're talking about certain technologies and ethics behind those technologies in the photography and wildlife field. Am I right? Drones. We're talking yeah. about drones. <laughs> just putting it out there. Yeah. Other um, things as well. We're going to be chatting a little bit about, as Craig said, like the ethics behind photography and uh, different techniques, I guess. And, yeah. you know, uh, I guess our thoughts on it. Mm, yeah. And please, guys, know that this is uh, purely an opinion. Mm. Um, it's just how we've, the, the, what we're going to be throwing out there is what the way we feel. Exactly. But before we get into that, Craig, what have we been up to the past week? Oh, we've been we've been we've been doing a lot. I think the main thing is we we just got back from Greece. Yeah, so we're still in Sweden for those who are wondering. Um we are here visiting my family and also working from here and so on. We've covered that uh, before. But then we went to Greece with my family to celebrate my dad's 60th birthday, which is this year, and we were sailing around the Saronic Islands, and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, I've been before to uh, Greece to Greece ten years ago, but I mean, when you go in your early twenties, you're not exactly bent on learning about the history, are you? You're just trying to find the next party. Well, at least I was back then. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this this time I, I really got to suck in and soak in the history and how. Um, incredible or incredibly beautiful all the islands are yeah that was absolutely stunning and like also sailing uh you know it's such a special way of seeing the country you know it was almost like the you know it's kind of the boat version of driving around in a van yeah i guess because you have like your whole house with you or like your accommodation with you so you have all your stuff with you and you can also like cook in the boat if you want to and like make dinner for yourself and whatever if you guys if you just want to have like a quiet dinner with the family kind of thing but then we could also head into the islands and go to a nice restaurant and explore the island and the restaurants were fantastic amazing and the islands were gorgeous and it was so nice to be able to see those kind of different things and also you know waking up in the morning, jumping straight into the ocean and having a cup of coffee, just watching the ocean. And like, honestly, that view of like the sunset. So now yeah, I'm talking about morning, but now I'm jumping to evening with like sunset. But like the view that you have of the ocean and the sun setting pretty much straight into the ocean. Uh, you can't pay for that with nah. like any hotel, pretty much, you know, nah. and it was just, it was stunning. Stunning. Uh, so yeah, it was so much fun and uh, really. I think really the, also the colors. You know, if you take from a photography point of view, you know, in in what we experience in in South Africa and in Africa as a whole with with the lighting conditions, I think it was very very different from a photography point of view. Mm. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree? Well, very very. Yeah, I think it just, in general, like Greece is just like photographic. I don't know, country, I guess, and like the architecture is very. Um, photographic friendly mm, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, and these little islands and towns that we were exploring as well were just super pi- picturesque uh, so that was amazing but and the clarity know. of the water yes that was stunning that was, that was pretty beautiful I mean yeah. like you could you could have 
uh, your depth could be seven, eight meters down and you can still see the bottom. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was remarkable. Sometimes when we were like, you know, anchoring the boats and stuff and I was like looking and I'm like, oh my word, are we not too close? Like, is this it's deep enough? <laughs> and my dad was like, no, no, this is like four or five meters. And I'm like, oh my word, it looks like it's one yeah. meter. It, no, it was crazy. Marine life was amazing as well. I mean, we had uh, that on our last day, we had the dolphins swimming right next to the boat. Wasn't that, that amazing? Was Oh my word! That I forgot about that. That that was the highlights for me because yeah. it's wildlife. Like you know, you have to. It felt like, it felt like a like a leopard walking straight past your vehicle. Yeah, yeah getting walked by. Yeah, and these dolphins. Yeah, they were swimming right next to the, the boat at one point, and then they were like jumping in the waves. And no, it was incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. I think I think like uh, like probably the fa- my favorite part of the trip was when that. It was a a super yacht came past and created while we were with the dolphins and mm. created these swells. Mm. And to see the dolphins actually ride, like kind of swim in these swells and mm. ride the swells as a whole, and just thought you could you could almost like you were like wow they're they're having fun you know they they're playing. But isn't know? but isn't there like research now? I'm getting into like a random topic, but yeah. isn't there research done like like dolphins are very clever animals like. Isn't it? They do play. Like, I, they really do, naturally. I'm not sure. I, I think, yes, uh, like, uh, my marine biology knowledge is not yeah. where it should be. Uh, I'm a classified as a ter- terrestrial expert. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's very possible. I'm not mm. going <laughs> to um, make comments on things that I actually 100% don't no, know. No, no, true, true. But I'm pretty sure that that's... I've heard that they do play naturally. It did and look like it. If, yeah. I, if, if from an from an outsider's perspective, assessing animal behavior there while they were swimming through the swells, because they were going a certain speed, and suddenly as that swell came, they started going faster, and that's when they started jumping. Mm. And so they looked happy. Yeah. Um, and I know it's like probably people are like, oh, how can a dolphin look happy? I mean, just just by the way it was acting, the animal behavior. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, amazing. Um, and um, it was. All in all, a great trip, wasn't it? No, it was fantastic. It really, really was. Uh, highly recommended. Highly recommend Greece and sailing if you have the, um, you know, possibility. We obviously, my my dad is a qualified captain, so that basically was the thing that made this whole trip possible. possible uh, because he can he can captain the boat and stuff. Uh, but I know you can also rent boats and like pay for a captain to uh, to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, that is possibilities and highly recommended. It was amazing. It really no, was. It was good. It was good fun. But yeah, let's dive into today's topic. And uh, when you said this to me yesterday, you're like, "This we should po- talk about this on the podcast." I was like, "Oh my word, yes!" Because it's something I think we haven't touched that much on. Um, it all the whole idea was sparked by I got a message from someone. I'm not gonna mention like names and stuff because I don't want to like expose this person anyway. Um. I got a message from someone sending me a video of uh, like wildlife photography and it was a wildlife video, I guess, mm. on YouTube uh, taken mainly with a drone. And uh, she was asking my opinion on it. And they were at the end of the video, they were like talking about like how they captured these things and like explaining quite a lot of things, which which is great that they did, you know. Um, but it was she was asking my opinion on on like the whole ethics around using drones even though they were explaining like why like the way they did it ethically and so on 
and I just thought it would be cool to to talk about uh, because Jones is a very I guess like hot topic it's when a it sensitive comes to subject at the moment yeah um, I think mainly let's start as to because a lot of people at home would be like okay why why is drones a sensitive topic at the moment mm. and from a guide's point of view um i think it's it's because number one it's a new technology mm. uh, it hasn't been around for for very long um no. it's uh, it, it's quite invasive uh, for both people and for wildlife mm. um and that's just that's those are just a couple of the question marks that are kind of on drones and you'll often find in national parks i know in south africa they now have these little signs like you know the do not litter signs mm. um that are no drones uh, mm. with a big red no drone sign um there just due to the fact that um i, I think it was mainly started the no drone was started from a poaching point of view it's mm. easier to find game from the air if you are a poacher and mm. drones are now accessible to everyone you don't actually need to have a specific license well i think you do i'm but you I'm do actually... have to have a license and it also depends on which country you're yes. shooting. so countries have different things because i i don't know that much about it. i'm not gonna call myself an expert but mm. i have looked into it because i was looking at getting a drone uh, not for wild Africa. they're an amazing piece of technology yeah. and you agree uh, yeah exactly no th- and that's why i wanted to i was like I wanted to take some cool landscape shots with with a drone, uh, so I was looking into it and, and found out about all the uh, different rules and regulations. And South Africa is very strict, uh, from what I understood. And as you said, like you know, all national parks are absolute an absolutely no no zone for drones, and they will literally be shot down if because of po- the poaching uh, risk. If you confiscated or yeah yeah exactly um because if they don't they don't they can't know if this is a poacher or not then we do need to mention that in private areas of kruger if you have permission from i think it is if you have permission from like the owner and stuff you can fly certain parts so that's why you sometimes will see drone footage of like a lodge yeah for example um mainly mainly marketing footage so most of the marketing footage that you do see with drones are generally i know in the greater kruger areas uh, they have to get it signed off by the uh, headquarters and the warden of the game reserve Mm. and that it has to follow the right um uh, the right channels Mm. uh, to get it approved and still i remember lodges that we worked at Mm. they were only allowed to go um i think it was max 200 meters from the lodge Mm. at each angle from behind and front uh left and right Mm. Uh, and you could get your angles you needed of the lodge but you weren't allowed to go more than that due to um uh, the poaching crisis being what it is exactly and i think also uh, because it is a protected area in general uh, and you can never guarantee you know what what birds might be flying around what yeah. animals are around that you might be spooking and i think that's what we're now going to get into uh, because i think why we also want to talk about this topic is because it is a question we get a lot from guests that especially photographers who come on our uh, workshops and you know mm. come travel with us we very often get the question can i, can I bring a drone? a drone can i bring a drone well i think it's it's obviously that is that is a natural um most photographers nowadays do mm. have drones and it is quite sad to have to say no you can't uh, mm. but it's also it's for the we're going to get into this now but it's for the benefit of uh, the animals 
Yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah, and, and because of the regulations as yeah. well, and getting a permit like that is very difficult. But let's get into this video that I got yeah. sent. So just to explain kind of what sparked my you know thoughts and what I wanted to discuss on this video um, was that it's incredible footage. It really is. No, like, this, this drone pilot's talented. Yeah, no, he's 100%. incredibly talented. Very drone talented. Pilot. He obviously knows what he's doing as well. So like he's not just amateur, and that I think that's important to state because we'll get to that as well. But. I think the big thing for me watching the video of the bat was that just was the biggest red flag for me was that every single shot of these animals they were either running away from the drone or away from the direction of the drone or flying away from the direction of the drone every single animal in these shots were you know trying to get away and I feel that that is a very big red flag later in the video when they were talking and discussing and like explaining the behind the scenes and stuff they were saying and it's worth mentioning they were saying that they uh, only like flew the drone once the animals already had started running so like wildebeest for example they were only flying the drone like okay wildebeest naturally run with the migration or whatever and then they were flying the drone to get the shot kind of thing and so that was their explanation just putting that out there i call bullshit yeah i still even if that is the case i still don't feel like it's okay i still feel like you cannot guarantee even if the animal was running before you started flying the drone you cannot guarantee that you have put the animal under more stress by flying the drone you cannot you simply cannot assess the animal's behavior then if it's like you said under more stress or not under more stress exactly and that you might be pushing it to run further or faster or whatever it might be than it would have if the drone was not there and i think that is the most important thing and it does not matter if it is wildebeest or if it is lions or if it was cheetah that was actually shot of that was shocked that they had filmed a cheetah running and flying the drone so close because that felt that didn't feel right for me and that's just again it's my personal opinion but i'm just putting that out there i i feel like that's you cannot guarantee these things then some people would argue you know like you can't guarantee that your vehicle is putting people like an animal under stress and and so on and and yes that that can be an argument but honestly you can't can't compare a vehicle to a drone like i think it's 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 all in moderation the the vehicle safari game or photographics from a vehicle for example if i may just add has been in place for for 40 50 years Mm. um however it had to start somewhere so Mm. animals were stressed at vehicles firsthand but that's not to say we have to be this unethical with drones. If we just keep flying and you give a drone to every Tom, Dick and Harry that can fly as close as they want to this cheetah. Because I remember in a specific uh, um, uh, clip on this video, and again, I'm going to go back to how incredible the footage was. I mean, mm. and I'm going to go back to how talented the pilot was. I think he's he's incredible. Oh, he's, yeah. Uh, this, it's a very, he very talented. He obviously knows what he's doing. Exactly. Um but I think judging by where what was happening, this cheetah was 
running at midday, what it looked like in the video, running at midday uh, towards a thicket. Kind of from an animal behavior point of view, this cheetah is heading towards safety. That's what it's doing. When they're going to those those more dense tree line thickets, they're going out of the clearings, out of the plains to seek some form of shelter. Now, why would it be doing that? The only thing that I can click is that because this jo- drone, it was trying to get away from this drone. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, unfortunately, unethical in my opinion. Exactly, because I was thinking about the same clip. And correct me if I'm wrong here, because I, I do have to say, because we don't see cheetah that much in mm. Kruger, I'm, I don't know cheetah behavior that well. Uh, but for me, this cheetah was run- running at full speed, pretty much. And that, for me, indicated that it's either uh, playing, which I think these people would be saying, like, it was running, it was playing, and that's why we could f- could film it. Um, so I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but I'm just looking at, you know. But it looked like it was an adult cheetah to me, and they wouldn't really play that that much. And, and you know, it also looked like a like solitary that. individual. Exactly. So who was it playing with? Secondary. Okay, then it maybe was, as you say, running away, running into the thick, thicket. That's already okay. Big red flag. Like you guys are chasing it into the thicket. It's obviously uncomfortable with you. Just like you said, I completely agree with that. The third thing is like, okay, it was running at full speed because it was hunting maybe. And then I'm like, also, why the fuck are you flying a drone? Sorry for my swearing, but it actually does make me a bit upset. Why are you flying the drone when this cheetah is hunting? You would one, obviously spook the cheese cheetah, Two, disturb the hunt by maybe spooking the prey that the cheetah is is now chasing. It, you know, that's you have now ruined yeah. the meal, or like you know, and and put two animals under stress. Like that for me did not sit right at all. No, I know, and uh, you know, there is drone uh, footage out there that you can see within the video while watching the video. This is ethical. You know, there's there's signs from animals, and unfortunately, running away is not a sign of an animal being content or relaxed. Sorry, you can't. There's there's just no justification for that. Um, the closeness. Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. No, you finished. The it. the closeness of how close that drone was. I mean, this drone must have been three four meters from this cheetah. To be fair, so not. I completely agree with you, mm-hmm. but just to put their perspective out yeah. there as well, they were saying that they were using a drone that has zoom, so that's how you can get that close. But again, the animal is still running, so that indicates that it does not feel like it's it's you know, stressed. Exactly, it's a sign of distress. So okay, let's let's take out how close they were. Um, if the animal is stressed, you need to back up. You mm. need vehicle walking, drone, whatever the case may be, when this animal starts moving away in any way, shape or form, it means that it is unhappy with the presence of what is currently happening to it. So that's, and that's a sign. And the problem is what I'm seeing more and more, and it's with drone pilots in particular, Mm. is they're pushing boundaries because now the, when you're when you're when you're a photographer, mm. for example, you it, it, you need to be manning the camera. Mm. So you are putting 
you're putting your life in danger if you understand what I'm saying because you have to walk to the animal you have to drive closer to the animal you have to do this with a drone you are from afar mm. and you are sending a piece of machinery mm. to get the footage for you so people are more likely to push the boundaries because you don't feel the same exactly like you know if, if, if we're out in the bush to give an example from a vehicle as you say like i am physically where my camera is exactly so if we're out in the bush and we get like approached by by an elephant for example that air maybe looks like it's unhappy or whatever it might be i never ever take photos in that situation because i am full-on in like okay it feels like it's not that it's a dangerous situation but you know what i mean like okay this elephant is approaching us not feeling like it, it's looking not aggressive maybe i'm trying to find the right words here yeah uh, you know weary weary of or like the situation this elephant isn't happy with us being here we are you know trying to find a way to back off or yeah. get out or like you know i never ever i'm never taking photos in a situation like that even though i'm not driving the car like because for me it's just like right now i'm in a situation where my senses my body is telling me yeah. that I need to be present right here because uh, this big animal is approaching me with, even though I'm in a car, I am safe. You know, you, you see what I'm trying to yeah. say? I'm trying to find the right words. So I completely agree with you. And I think that's the thing. You would be pushing more because you're sending a piece of machinery out there. Yeah. You're more likely to push the boundaries. Exactly. And I, I want to say, as you said as well, like, I I feel in general I I have to state my opinion with drone footage with animals in general uh, I am not too keen on um I'm not going to like say I'm completely against it but I am not too keen on even though animals might be like oh they're sleeping and this is from like very far up I feel like that's more okay 100% and like you know, these animals, are de- you can see that they're definitely ra- relaxed. They're not running. The drone is very far away and you maybe see them in the landscape and like the drone is super far ha- high up. That's that's okay and that's great. But I think for me, the big thing with drones and where I feel it's it's tricky and this is the thing with a lot of things in wildlife, you might be doing it ethically. You are doing all the things that you need to be doing right and you are not pushing the animal and they are relaxed with you and the situation that you were creating is perfectly fine. Yeah. But putting that out onto the internet is a dangerous game. That is unfortunately promoting people wanting to do the same and they might not be as ethical as you are. And it's difficult. You can obviously not take responsibility for other people's actions if you are doing everything right and 100%. And I think it's, it's a difficult sub- topic but in my opinion, specifically with something so like sensitive sensitive as a drone and difficult as a drone, I feel that it is better to maybe not put those things out on social media. But that's personal opinion. You know, if you want to argue with me, message me and, you know, give me a different view or opinion or whatever. Sure, I'm open to discussion. But in my first initial, you know, feeling, I'm just kind of like it is better to maybe not you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's all about respecting comfort zones. And uh, like mm. you said. Um, also realizing, sorry, just realizing what you're putting out on the internet might have repercussions that you yeah. can't control. 
so then the then the question comes in of like what is your responsibility as a photographer as a big creator you know yeah putting out um something like you said you you cannot control Mm. we as a creator you put up short clips and who knows maybe these clips have been done a hundred percent ethically but are coming across that it's not ethical at all Mm. and will affect you negatively and you will get people like myself and carolina going what the fuck no but that's not what i mean i'm I'm not meaning like the repercussions of like what people might think what i'm meaning is like this creator for example Mm. that we are talking about that was filming uh, these cheetah running and that we feel is this does not seem very ethical and whatever this person obviously was talking at the end of their video explaining how this was done and was saying a lot of things of like you know this is the experience i have this was the things I went through to make sure that this was done correctly and this and this and this, which is great. And I think that's awesome that you're putting that out there and you're trying to educate people. And I get that. I I get that. But the issue I have is that, as you say, a lot of things that we put out on, on social media that are short, quick clips, people are not reading the caption. They are not checking, oh, okay, this person had this and this and this qualification and this and this and this, uh, you know, did this and this for, and this is how it happened and whatever. Like, you know, kind of like the warning, don't try this at home. Most people don't read that shit. And they actually then go on safari and they like maybe take a drone with them and do something unethical uh, when nobody sees or, you know what I mean? And, And that's what I'm saying. I think by putting those kind of things out on social media, you are creating a demand and a want from people who might not be doing it as ethically mm. as you are, if you see what I'm saying. For sure. Um, uh, another another red flag that I think I'm, I I didn't mention with regards to this video mm. was I felt in, in, the, uh, in the interview they did afterwards where they had the guides and very well-spoken, uh, a very well-conducted interview um and i just feel they were justifying their behavior mm. for trying to convince their audience that they did it ethically and again not my place to say was this ethical or not in my opinion this was an unethical video mm. um where they're saying and one of the one of the red flags was they mentioned animals that naturally run and i said i thought to myself hang on one second what Cheetah does not naturally run. A cheetah runs for one of a few reasons. If it's threatened by another predator, and if it's hunting, and if it's seeking shelter. That's that's it. When it feels undistressed or hun- in distress or hunting, that's that's when they run. Otherwise, it's just it's unnecessary energy that is being burnt from that cat. That cat knows that. Animals, like, I, I can justify the, the wildebeest. When they're running, they get spooked quite easily, which probably means you shouldn't be throw, uh, flying a drone quite close to them. No, exactly. Um, zebra, same kind of vibe. And then they mentioned buffalo. Buffalo naturally. I was like, no. They don't. Hang on. Hang on, guys. Very few times I've seen yeah. buffalo They run. run when they're being chased. Mm. And, and, and that, that was another red flag for me mm. there. Uh, again, personal opinion, but just kind of saying, guys, don't do this. Film it and then come try manipulate the audience into thinking that what you've done has been a hundred percent ethical 
And I think the thing is also like we we might be a little bit harsh here, and you know, but it's because it's we feel it's a very important important topic. And I think these people, I don't think they were. I don't know. I, I like to see the best in people and think the best of people. I don't think they were like trying to push the boundaries or trying to be unethical or like. I think they really were trying to be as ethical as possible. Mm. But I just. I think it is still, unfortunately, just not possible. No matter how much you try to be as ethical as possible, you, by putting this out there, you're creating a demand for other people to do the same. You are filming animals that, you know, that are running away from you, that does not sit right with me. All of these kind of things that we have just spoken about, I'm just kind of saying, I don't think this was ethical. But I do think that the people were trying to be mm. as ethical as possible. And, and I think they came with the best intentions. And I, and I get that. Um, what's also worth mentioning is that they did have, and this is obviously a big thing. And it's obviously, I think, very important to mention, is they did have permission from this country's parks board yeah so they had the permission to fly the drone they weren't doing it illegally they had the permission and so on yeah so they did everything right from like that point of view and that is important to mention they didn't do anything illegal and they had gone through the right channels and so on the question that i'm asking though is that does that still make it ethical in my opinion no just because a big governing body you know gives you a, a permit does still not mean that your actions are ethical, and and I just I I think I just want to put that out there. I think uh, you know nowadays there is you know parks boards across uh, across Africa um, are, are always looking to make a make make a quick buck, um, but I'm going to leave that there and let's let's turn into let's let's turn this chat into how can drones be ethical because I I, I personally think they can. Mm. Um, and, um, I think let's, let's chat about, I'd like to open what your thoughts are on, like, how do you think drone pilots can be more ethical with, um, animals? With shooting wildlife? Yeah. Say, let's take this documentary that we saw now, um, or not documentary, this, I think it was a 20 minute clip. Um, and let's, let's talk about how that could have been more, more ethical. Yeah, so as I, as I mentioned, I feel that drone footage with wildlife in general is just a very tricky, it's a slippery slope and it's a tricky road. Mm. And um, I think it can be more ethical when, you know, okay, the animals are just sleeping, they are relaxed, you can see they are not bothered by the drone. I feel like that is a little bit more okay, like I mentioned earlier. However, like I also mentioned earlier, I think it's still a dangerous thing to do because you are putting something out there that is inspiring other people to do the mm. same who might not be as ethical. So I think that's always really important to keep in mind. Uh, I think biggest thing for me is distance. Um, if you are much, much further up, further away, you know, that is a very big difference. And uh, then you can film like filming animals that are you see this elephant 100 meters down now i don't know how far up these drones actually go but like 100 meters down that is walking calmly through the bush and you are seeing the landscape and then you're seeing this elephant there like 
I feel like that is a ethical drone shot because you are so far away from the elephant that it isn't bothered by you and you get a shot of it in the landscape great but as soon as you get too close that's when you know you start pushing boundaries and, and so on I, I I agree I think um, you know it is a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope like you mentioned mm. um, I think it I, I, and distance is a big thing mm. um, I think it's it comes down to understanding animal behavior and I think they you as a guide I think drones in national parks if they are going to get to the extent of being allowed um, they need to be flown by number one registered pilots and number two you need to go with a guide you cannot just be flying your drone by yourself oh, because absolutely. we've seen we've, we've seen that happen yeah. um people just flying their drones not in not in Krugo any national parks yeah it's very regulated here but i have seen people just go out and fly their drone mm. you're going with a guide you know you're and the guide must understand the distance because mm. you know I've seen drone, beautiful drone footage from above where a pride of lions is, it must have been about 13 lions, is walking and they are not disturbed by this drone at all. It's directly above them and it's quite high above them. Mm. They're barely noticing it's there mm. because it's, it's respecting their boundary. Mm. Um, and we, I've seen it with, I've seen horrible footage where uh, people have had drones with lions lying on rocks and these lions are like snarling at mm. this drone and people are like oh look at this footage this is amazing footage and i'm like no that cat is unhappy yeah. with this giant dragonfly yeah. around it um and you see there's this there's, there's there is a healthy medium i think with with drone um uh drone flying and mm. dro being a drone pilot with regards to wildlife photography and filmmaking but i think the line is thin very um, thin and that's what as you say a guide does have a responsibility there and mm. and we see this to, to to it's not only drones exactly to to steer the direction a little bit more away from drones because we've been talking a lot about the drones now but to steer it into more like general ethics with wildlife photography um it is a guide's responsibility to also uh, make sure that their photographic guests are not pushing boundaries and not, you know, being unethical. That is also a guide's responsibility. And we see that very often, that guides, especially with photographic guests, because as a photographer, you're always looking for the next best shot and you're more likely, what we have seen, photographers are more likely to be like, no, let's go closer, let's go closer, because they want to get that shot, while normal guests just one more time one more time yeah one more time. normal guests are more likely to just sit and and you know they see the animal uh it doesn't have to be the perfect angle because you're watching the animal so it's a different type of viewing uh so you know we we have seen photographers do that a lot and we have seen guides fall for it and not be able to stand up for themselves and not be able to stand up for the animal which is your responsibility as a guide because also i know like Obviously, it's the responsibility of the photographer as well to not ask of unreasonable things, 100%. But also as a guide, you you know these animals, you know this ecosystem, you know the behavior, you know, you know maybe certain individuals and so on. So you have a responsibility to advocate for them yeah. and make sure that if this guest of yours, a photographer of yours, want to photograph them, that it's done in an ethical way and that you're not pushing boundaries. I think... 
what I used to say, and you know, just from an ethics point of view, and um, often, often you get the question, and you would know is, oh, can we go closer? Um, and you know, sometimes it's possible, uh, especially once you've got to know your animals or the the animals that have territories in that area. You know who it is. You're like, okay, cool. Maybe she's she's probably a little bit more confident than other cats but you know and that's that's down to the guide understanding the animals within the area but ethics if we couldn't go close and guests go um can we go closer craig i would say no but you can't just say no for guides out there you need to have an explanation because most guides okay not most guides apologies um but some guides will just be like sure anything for the guest and then the leopard lion cheetah elephant whatever the case may be runs away um and what you can turn that into is tell your guests, say no, and this is why. Because you come for your three-night experience. Mm. You leave. This animal stays here. Mm. If we're intrusive on this animal constantly, it affects everyone in the future. Because now this animal is not relaxed. And then the animal. The animal is not happy. Mm. So it creates a, a snowball effect of this animal not liking vehicles, then guests after you not getting good photos, not having good viewing of this specific animal, and it makes the animal incredibly unhappy and uncomfortable with vehicles around. Mm. So it just creates bad vibes as a whole. Mm. Um, and if you're looking to figure out how to say that to client, that's exactly how. Say, mm. you leave. This animal stays. We're in this animal's home. Exactly. We're in their environment. We need to respect their uh, happy place. Exactly. And I think, you know, that, and that is a guide's responsibility. If it's a drone or if it's a normal camera, uh, the guide has a responsibility to be making sure that you are Outspoken. not pushing boundaries. Yeah. That's the thing. It's the same, like, it's... <laughs> You know, it's the same thing saying just like if someone has a drone, like, okay, this is the distance you should be keeping as, you know, when you're driving a vehicle and you're driving up to lions sleeping or something that you're not driving on their tail. You know, it's yeah. the same. It's the same thing that you're keeping that comfortable distance. And, you know, and it's, as you say, like, we don't want to scare people from asking, like, is it possible to get closer? Is it possible to move from this angle? You can ask that and you can, you know, ask a guide in a nice way, like, oh, the light is hitting from this side. Could we move? Yeah. Absolutely. That's fine. 90% of the time it is possible to do. And if it's, but if it's not, that's up to the guide to then be, be, they say, no, you can't, we can't go closer because of this and this exactly like you were just saying. Yeah, but it's so important to, to just keep that in mind when photographing animals. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, generally there's always another angle. Uh, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse, but you you don't always have to get closer. No, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Closer is not always better. No, definitely not. Actually, like in general, just, quite the contrary. Yeah. Yeah, switching switching. <laughs> better on a side note is like I actually give people advice when photographing from a vehicle. It isn't better to be closer. Uh, because the angle when you're photographing from a vehicle because you can't get that like low angle uh, when you're closer to the animal you the angle is stronger so that you're looking the photographs become that you're looking down on the animal which isn't your ideal uh, really photograph uh, you want to try to be as low as possible and because you can't like lie down on the ground next to line obviously um, 
it's actually better to have a little bit of distance and because most photographers also have telephoto lens uh, you don't need to be right next to the animal so they'd rather have a little bit of distance especially be the best thing is when like an animal is lying on you know a little bit of a hill and you can actually distance yourself and be a little bit further down the hill and then all of a sudden you're getting a low angle shot like and you're actually keeping an amazing distance and respectful distance to the animal. Uh, so it's a win-win and just highly recommend that for people who um, who photographing from a vehicle that it's actually really nice to have a bit of distance to the animal uh, to get that right, nice, yeah. nice angle. I think while we're on ethics, um, I know the, there's, it, it's, such a, it's such a sensitive topic because, you know, I, I always encourage um, guys to say, listen, if it feels morally right to you, do it. But that's actually not right because some guys just push it way too much. And um, I think photographic hides uh, have now become a massively popular thing uh, in South Africa um, and uh, across Africa uh, at the moment. And it's the, the demand for it is, in, is, is increasing very quickly. And I think there is an element of ethics that need to be kind of adhered to in a hide. You are in a hide for a reason. You have a limited kind of, you have limited viewing space and it's over across the water source. It's normally overlooking a water source and they're eye level hides for those of you who don't know. You climb into like a bunker. So you are on level terms with the water. Which honestly like, is a very ethical way to photograph 100%. animals from the start because you you know the animal doesn't know you're there so it's it's a really ethical way to photograph animals also great for low angle stuff 100 percent, i agree however again the demand of photographers and photographers are very demanding people or can be not all of them can be very demanding people and that's fine it's their passion it's what they want to do but stay within the ethics stay in the goddamn hide mm. um I've often seen videos of people leaning out when the animal's coming at the wrong angle. Mm. Either it's coming behind the hide from over and they're not going to that part of the waterhole where you're going to get those crystal clear, top-notch, natchier shots. You're not going to... It's coming from behind and you're kind of looking at its, at its tail or its back legs and people are leaning out the hide. And that also just causes the animal to be stressed because now it's associated with... It almost looks like a giant termite mound with this uh, bunker in it and you are generally supposed to be very quiet um, and very patient. Mm. But as something approaches and if it approaches from behind, I've seen videos of people freaking out, you know, sticking their hands far out of this this hide and, um, uh, you know, like almost, I wouldn't say climbing, I wouldn't go as far as climbing out of it, but, you know, really stretching it, animals getting distressed and running away. Mm. Uh, and there's a, and I understand excitement. I think we all do, you mm. know, the, the, from a photographic point of view, when something like that happens, we get excited, but be patient, mm. be patient. Don't try to get that shot then and there. Don't think about how this can go viral on Instagram. Oh, look at this. This is amazing. And that's the problem. I think that social media is playing at the moment is everyone's trying to go viral. And like we said, closer is better, um, for that, um, and, and um, reactions, from, reactions animals. from animals, which normally pushes guys to be a little bit more unethical, which is sad. But um, maybe that's a whole nother episode. We need yeah. But um, I think just with hides, ethics, not going to drag this one on too long. 
Stay in the hide. Stay, stay, keep as quiet as you possibly can. And be patient. You will get the shots. I feel like it's the same when you're photographing from a vehicle, like especially a closed vehicle, mm. because it is almost like a driving hide. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it is a closed vehicle, uh, it is difficult for photographers uh, to like get the angle because when you're in an open vehicle, you kind of have a 360 view, yeah. depending on how many guests are yeah. in the car, obviously. And you have a little bit more way room of like moving and, and, and so on. You obviously shouldn't stand up. I think everybody who's been on safari knows that. Um, however, when you're in a closed vehicle, you only have like the windows, obviously, shooting through. And, and that's the thing. There's also like a very fine line there of how like leaning out of the vehicle to to get the photo and that's the thing like it completely depends on how relaxed the animal is and also how far away it is like it is very and how much you're leaning out as well you can lean with like one arm or something out of the you know when there's an animal walking on the road in front of you so you don't want to shoot through the windscreen so like yeah then you can lean out with like one arm in your camera and photograph because you're still basically in the shape of the vehicle so like the animal won't notice and if if it does notice then obviously stop uh, if you see the reaction and so on but then but that's also if an animal like okay it's a 10 meters away or whatever it might be on the road and you know all that but when sometimes we see people who i saw a guy the other day i don't know if i mentioned this maybe but a guy the other day there was two hyenas running on the road and or like next to the road and he opened his car door to stand on the ground like he was like still behind his car door kind of using that as a shield if that makes sense <laughs> but stood on the ground and like stood up next to his car basically to photograph these hyenas and i had to tell him get into <laughs> into your car man like you cannot you cannot do that luckily i don't think the hyenas noticed because they were playing with each other like a little bit further out but i'm like you can't step out of your car and just because you're still behind the car door you should be fine like no that's not how it and works this is this is the issue as well um with different national parks having different rules all across yeah. the world because you know you go over to the states in yellowstone and you can walk. Yeah. You're allowed to walk there. Um, and there was a hilarious video of a lady trying to touch a bison oh my recently. Word. And the bison just went, no thanks, and gave her a fat knock with a horn, <laughs> which was very funny. But again, that encourages people to touch wildlife and yeah. interact with wildlife unethically. And that's the thing is, you know, people go to different national parks that have different rules and they think it's all the same. So from an ethical point of view, guys, is I think... When you get to a park, there you always are given a pamphlet, no matter what national mm. park you go to. Read the rules and regulations yeah. and keep it as ethical as possible. It's for both your safety and the safety of animals. 100%. Well, I think that's it for us. Yeah, I think that was a good, that was a, a good chat. Hope you guys um, have enjoyed listening to our little rants about Well, drones. I don't think it was a rant. I think, like, you know, we... Especially with regards to drones, I think, like we said, it was... There, There is ways to do all of this ethically. Mm. Um, you know, it's not that they don't belong in the conservation society. But, you know, it's... It, it, there's boundaries and ethics that need to be followed. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, I think it's just... I, like... As I mentioned as well, I'm not, I'm not against drones. And for wild, for, for uh, sorry, 
for landscape photography, amazing. Yeah, mm. uh, you know, like go for it. The drone know. footage of them, those drones going through like the mountains in like oh. Scotland or uh, New Zealand. Incredible. That's amazing. The Incredible. footage is beautiful. Yeah, so, you know, we're not against it, but it just, uh, there's certain things. And, and I think a bi the biggest red flag, if you guys see a video of, uh, like, drone footage of, of animals, biggest red flag is, is the animals running constantly away from this drone? Yeah, then it's probably not ethical. And I think I also want to touch on there when it comes to social media and uh, these kind of things. Best thing to do when you see a video, reels, TikTok, whatever it might be. It could be photos too, I guess. Of something that is unethically done uh, while photographing animals and you know, you like this, I don't agree with this and I don't feel comfortable with this. Uh, the best, absolute best thing to do is to click on, there's like three little dots usually somewhere on the screen where you can click on three dots and you can say not interested or like, I don't like this content or something. You can basically tell Instagram that like, I'm not interested in this type of con content and I don't like this specific type of content. That's the best way to actually make sure that you do all you can for this to not go viral because that's the dangerous thing of it. If it goes viral, it will inspire other people to do the same. So, you know, we all like to comment and be like, hey, this is not okay and whatever. But also, we also all know that commenting and interacting with a post, sharing it or whatever, that boosts the algorithm and the algorithm doesn't know if this is ethical or not. So that's where you as a user can simply just report it or, you know, depending on how hectic it is, but we just say, I'm not interested in this type of content. And that's the best way to just try to not give these people who are doing ethical stuff to go viral, try to do your best to not let them go viral, if that makes sense. All right, guys, um, I think that's going to be it for us for today. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I think we've uh, covered quite a lot today. Yeah, we have. And uh, I think it's been a good episode. It has indeed. I've enjoyed it. All right, guys, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers, eh? <laughs>